Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Our podcasts keep community strong, and for the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Happy listening. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. Good morning, listeners. Alternative News acknowledges the owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. In this week's Alternative News, I will speak about the federal election, the recent Philippines election result, the rising tensions between Australia and China over the Solomon's Island security pact with China and Ukraine. Upcoming federal election. The 2022 election looked like being another contest between the two major parties, which offered voters little new and little choice, particularly on foreign affairs and defence policies. This election is unlike others in recent memory because new voices are raising new concerns. It appears that they could challenge bipartisanship. Bipartisanship has ruled ever since the Howard government lied about children overboard in 2001 and kept Tampa at sea. Turning back refugee boats became agreed policy. In 2003, Howard ignored the protests in Parliament and from the people and invaded Iraq on another lie. Since then, foreign and defence policy have largely been bipartisan too. We also have seen Julian Assange imprisoned forever in the US. Bernard Collery and David McBride are also being victimised for revealing the truth. We have seen Morrison allowed the investigation of alleged war crimes in Afghanistan to drag on from one inquiry to another and postpone federal ICAC from one election to the next. He put dozens of his supporters in government jobs and told people facing rent stress to buy a house. When he offered the US and UK untold billions of dollars for unspecified submarines to be delivered by an unknown date, Morrison mortgaged Australia's future, knowing he can disappear before being held accountable for their uselessness against China. So as voters turned off in disgust at Morrison's handling of the fires, floods, quarantine and vaccines, and the conversation found a majority of those surveyed were most concerned about climate and environmental issues. What has changed in 2021 and 2022 is the courageous stand taken by women against the political status quo. In all states, local citizens who are well-connected both technologically and politically set up voices for groups in North Sydney, Wentworth, Mornington Peninsula, Groom, Curtin and so on. Sitting independents 
including Andrew Wilkie, Rebecca Sharkey, Helen Hayes and others, welcomed the prospect of perhaps half a dozen independents joining them in Parliament. Election results in Philippine. The shock result of the uh, Monday's presidential election is a huge disappointment for Filipinos working class and Marcos regime's victims. After 35 years, another member of Marcos' family was elected as the new president, Marcos Jr., Incumbent President Rodrigo Duterte was ineligible for re-election because the president is um, limited to a single term under the 1987 Philippine Constitution. Incumbent Vice President Lenny Roberto was eligible for re-election but chose to run for the presidency instead. Therefore, this election will determine the 17th president and the 15th vice president. The president and vice president are elected separately. So the two winning candidates can come from different political parties. Bungabung Marcos and Sarah Duterte led the preliminary count with 58.8% and 61.1% of the votes for president and vice president respectively. The Congress of the Philippines will meet in late May to announce the winners of the election. Rising tensions between Australia and China over the Solomon's Island Security Pact. The security pact between China and the Solomon Islands coming during the federal election campaign has put Australia's relationship with its Pacific neighbours in the spotlight. During the 2019 Pacific Island Forum, Nations raised concerns about Australia's fossil fuel industry and the climate impact it's having on their environments. Then Deputy Prime Minister Michael McCormack said this annoyed him, as these nations would be able to survive the worsening climate because many of their workers come to Australia to pick our fruit, unquote. The forum was held in Tavolu. The leaders, including Scott Morrison, discussed climate decline. Negotiations almost collapsed twice as our Prime Minister demanded all mention of coal be removed from the policy agreement. Prime Minister Morrison's attitude during the forum was later described as condescending. 
Besides our nation's aggressive attitude to the region when it comes to climate inaction, which is causing significant effects to the Pacific Islander nations as well as our local Torres Strait Islanders. Besides our nation's aggressive attitude to the region when it comes to climate inaction, which is causing significant effects to all Pacific Island nations as well as our local Torres Strait Islanders, there is the issue that Years of Australian aid hasn't led to economic development in the Solomons. But there is more to this recent alliance with China. In 2019, Hayanara signed up to Beijing's multi-trillion dollar Belt and Road Initiative. That is a vast infrastructure network currently being established across the world that may provide real economic development for the Solomons. As well, since the Solomons decided to take part in the Belt and Road Initiative, China has been building new roads throughout the nation. It's in the middle of building a stadium for the hosting of the 2023 Pacific Games, and it's also constructing new telecommunication towers across the islands. And along with all this is the promise of the Solomons being linked to a new global system that could potentially lead to better economic development outcomes rather than continuing to depend on Australian foreign aid. Yet it's highly likely that if the coalition had treated our Pacific Island neighbours with a respect and committed to policies that phased out fossil fuels and turned to renewables in order to preserve the survival of them, these nations may not have considered pivot to China. Also worth remembering is what occurred last November 2021 was that near Parliament in Hayanara, the capital, the protest turned into violence. Three days of looting in the city left much of Chinatown destroyed. Three people died in burning buildings. The damage runs to millions of dollars. It will be a long haul back to normality. Previously, in 2006, Chinatown was also burnt down. Rather than viewing China's action as a natural response to defending China's people and property in the Solomons, Australia has accused China of wanting to establish a military base. Both China and the Solomons deny that. Whatever the intent, it raises the question, are the Pacific Islands Australia's backyard? A description to which Solomon's Prime Minister took offence. Ukraine. The US imperialism is feeding weapons and military trainers to the Kiev regime with the full backing of the administration, Congress and the Pentagon. The US ruling class is lined up supporting the use of Ukraine and its people against Russia. A big part of that offensive is the propaganda war. The U.S. government and its allies in the European Union have undertaken forceful and intensive campaign on multiple levels. The campaign aims 
to keep the public in line with the U.S. aggressive moves, even if it risks a major war between the U.S. along with its European allies with Russia. This is a typical presentation in U.S. and European media. The conflict with all its tragedies, suffering and deaths is presented from the viewpoint of the Ukrainian regime, which agrees with that of U.S. imperialism. There is no fair and balanced reporting in the mainstream media. No Russian soldiers been interviewed, nor uh, did it interview residents of Lugansk and Donetsk, who have struggled against the Kiev regime's attacks since 2014, experiencing war and suffering during the past eight years. The Ukraine conflict been used to get NATO members to buy more weapons from U.S. military contractors. Germany, for instance, is being compelled against its economics interest to buy U.S. liquefied natural gas rather than getting supplied from Russia via the Nord Stream 2 pipeline at a fraction of the cost. The eventual peaceful integration of Russia with the rest of Europe has now been expected for the foreseeable future. Such a potential integration could have served in the long term as a counterbalance to U.S. hegemony. Ukraine's hands are tied as it cannot negotiate a settlement without permission from the U.S., which is unlikely to be forthcoming. The U.S. leaders reinforce Putin's line that Russia is besieged by a U.S.-led Western alliance that fears and detests Russia and wishes to see her defeated and diminished, unquote. Putin has also said our enemies in the West who seek to destroy Russia are like those we fought in the Great Patriotic War of 1941 to 1945, and intervention in Ukraine was necessary to prevent today's neo-Nazis from dragging Ukraine into their larger conspiracy to destroy Russia, unquote. And to end today's program, also consider Putin's words of a week ago. The forces that have always pursued a policy of containing Russia do not want such a huge and independent country that is too big for their ideas. They believe it endangers them simply by the fact of its existence. Although this is far from reality, it is they who danger the world, unquote. Tune in again next week for another edition of Alternative News. I'm Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. Our telephone number at Trade Hall is 0414-352-542 and our email address is peacecentre at cicd.org.au. Mm-hmm.